Thank you for joining us and welcome back to Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me as always is Kyla. What's up? It's our final show of the season. It's the wrap-up show. It is. Uh, this is coming a few weeks after we thought we were going to do it, but <laughs> you know, it's still happening, so can't give us too much crap. Yeah. Uh, it's been a wonderful fantasy season that culminated with yours truly winning the title. Oh, I'm clapping for you. <laughs> I'm a little bitter, it. but I'm glad you won for the podcast. It was all for the pod, Kyla. <laughs> all for the pod. We've got a ton to talk about. Uh, fantasy bust, the best games of the year, playoff heroes, what the hell happened to the Cowboys. Yeah all this stuff but we will start with the last week of the fantasy season um i conquered jackson's nice team 163.82 to 114.68 wow win our league title i finished the season 13 and 3 overall uh my team balled out pretty much and it's two playoff games topping 160 points in each game lamar jackson led the way of course with 37.82 points in the title game through three touchdowns against the Browns was looking a little iffy there for a while. And that, that first <laughs> half against the Browns, like he wasn't quite getting everything together. And then right at the end of the first half, I'm pretty sure he put up a couple touchdowns and then it was like, all right, Lamar's going to do Lamar stuff and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he rushed for 103 yards. He finished six in the NFL in rushing with 1,206 yards. What a season. Wow. Uh, do you want to talk about Lamar Jackson now? Do you want to? <laughs> I think I think maybe we have him a little bit later on in the show as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Which um, do you mean your prediction about Lamar Jackson or? <laughs> I was I was gonna say my my prediction, but we're doing like the winners and losers for the season, and I'm pretty sure I have him as the winner of the season. Uh, oh, but I just, you got a little a little smack to talk. <laughs> about Lamar and we can wait or we can do it now either way I think we can wait okay uh, also in the championship game Saquon Barkley came through with 43.9 points against Washington he rushed for 189 yards and a touchdown also had four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown having Saquon didn't pay off in the regular season but it sure did in the playoffs my yeah. first pick and with all the injuries and that he really never came through but he finally did in the biggest week of the year yeah. thank you saquon for all <laughs> of your hard work he peaked at the right time that's for sure absolutely uh, also got quality performances from cooper cup and tyler higby cubs fantasy week was saved by a touchdown for the fourth week in a row i was really torn whether i should play him because late in the year he didn't do a whole lot but he just seemed to catch a touchdown every week and that saved it yeah he got 11.1 points Tyler Higby earned 16.9 points. Plugged in Brashad Perryman for the injured Mike Evans. He finished with 15.7 points, caught seven passes for 102 yards. My only real disappointment was Joe Mixon. Um, he really didn't do anything against Miami. Yeah. They were, they were playing the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, it's he should like have done the, way more. <laughs> it's like the stone-cold lock of the century, and he, yeah. did, he did nothing. Uh, 50 yards on the ground, 23 receiving. Um, full disclosure, all four of my good and bad matchups produced very lukewarm results from <laughs> week 16, just to throw that out there. Uh, so I did get the title, but, uh, my, my podcast skills were a little lackluster. Enough. I don't even remember mine. It was so long ago. I don't even remember what mine were or what they did. <laughs> I know it really was a long time ago. Uh, so one more thing before we move on to other categories in that, uh, I want to break down what happened to me in because in, uh, I was in three leagues. I was in the championship game in all three. Um, I won two of them, and I lost in the, the third league. But I want to break down how that happened. Okay. I uh, just want to say I had Lamar Jackson in all three leagues. That's why I made it. <laughs> um, but I was beat in a full PPR league, 157 to 149. Oh, gosh. Uh, I had Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Michael Gallup, Cooper Cup. They all performed well. But here's how I lost. And it is this sort of magnificent uh, series of events of how I lost that game. Let me interrupt you just one second. Didn't Michael Gallup have three touchdowns in that game? Or was that the next week? Um, I, 
honestly do not recall. It might have been the last week of the season. I don't think it was because he. I, I think I think you're right. I, yeah. I think Gallup did well, but I don't think he did that well. Yeah. Um. So this is how I lost. Chris Carson only got seven points. Mm. Um. My my most reliable RB all year got hurt during the game. Keep in mind, I only lost by seven points. Yeah. He got hurt. All right. Moving on. Rashad Perryman, solid game, but Jameis Winston overthrew him by a mile in the end zone. Pretty early on. Keep in mind, I only lost by seven points. <laughs> There's seven points right there. Okay, I started the Patriots defense against the Bills. Not a bad play with the way the Patriots were going. Mm-hmm. They only got five points, but I picked up the Colts defense thinking that they would have a good week. They were facing Will Greer and the Panthers. I didn't play them. Oh. In, that, in that league, uh, they got 27 points. Oh my God. So that's a 22 point swing. Wow. Keep in mind, I lost <laughs> my seven points. I had Mark Andrews on the bench. He got 27 points. Uh, and finally, my other starting RB was Miles Sanders. So this was the Eagles and Cowboys game. He got 26.6 points against the Cowboys. Great week from him, however. If you recall, as a Cowboys fan, I believe you will, the last play of the game, Sanders breaks loose. He's all by himself. And he goes down and he stops running. Yeah. yeah. He stops running with like 20 yards and a touchdown <laughs> in front of him. He just stopped. I was, a, I was at work and I was screaming. I was like, jump! Jump! Yeah, yeah. No, Don't stop! I, what are I, you doing? I was screaming yeah. at the TV. Like people were laughing, you know, and I was yeah. screaming at the, at the TV. Uh, if he had just not done the smart thing and he had ran for the touchdown to put a, you know, to put an exclamation point on everything, that would have been it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's bad. And then, and then finally, I actually was going to still win despite all of these things. And Aaron Jones on Monday Night Football ran for that late touchdown. And that's how I lost. Wow. Wow. So all of those events. Uh, and I still got 60 bucks, but it could have been, I believe, 150. It so. just wasn't meant to be. You weren't supposed to go three for three. It hurts, though. <laughs> it it hurts, though. But, I, uh, I can imagine, yeah. But anyway, that's that's why we play fantasy. It's really yeah. fun. But yeah, all of those things coalesced into me getting second. It's It was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Because, you know, one different decision or Miles Sanders not giving himself up could have won you that game. That's or crazy. Winston not being terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that that's that's the case. Since we've been talking shit on Jameis all year, I think we should just conclude the pod right now. Just just say, you know, Jameis, you've been our guide to rag on basically all year, and you you didn't you didn't change. You were uh, you. You were you all season. <laughs> Good for you, Jameis. At least he's consistent. Right. <laughs> consistently inconsistent how many interceptions did he end up with like 33 or something oh man i think i i don't remember now exactly i think i did have it written down somewhere one time but it was it was 30 it was at least 30 yeah i want to say he had 30 touchdowns and like 33 interceptions or maybe it was 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions something like that but it was ridiculous ridiculous a 30-30 season you know in baseball if you have a 30-30 season that's actually a good thing (laughs) not in football it's just amazing though how many fantasy points he still would put up some weeks and throw like four interceptions still it's crazy well it's because he had four touchdowns yeah (laughs) he'd have four touchdowns and four (laughs) interceptions it would just offset and he'd have like 450 yards oh gosh all right. Well, now that I know that Elias is the king of fantasy for this year, oh we well, can move on. <laughs> for 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 this season, I I will wear that crown proudly. I'm gonna take it next season, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, if it, it's all for the pod, <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on. We're basically gonna like give out our awards for the year. So we're gonna start with the season winners. So who won this fantasy season? Right. For me. I chose Christian McCaffrey as my winner. Um, first of all, he's durable, which is not something that a lot of other workhorse running backs can say. He played in all 16 games. 
He topped 1,000 yards in both rushing and receiving with uh, 1,387 rushing and 1,005 receiving yards for the season, which is amazing. Um, He is used so heavily in all aspects of the offense. He finished with not only 287 rushing attempts, but 116 receptions, which is second only to Michael Thomas in receptions this season. He was PPR and half PPR gold. He had 19 total touchdowns on the season, which is tied with Aaron Jones for first, depending on which type of league you play in, and standard scoring and half PPR scoring. He was second to only Lamar Jackson in total fantasy points for the season. And in full PPR scoring, he leads everyone with 471.2 points. He was drafted third overall in our league, and he definitely delivered. He did. Um, Insane season. Surprisingly durable. I don't think anyone thought that he could really take the beating that he's taken. Yeah. Hopefully he stays healthy and has a good career. Also, quick side note, congrats to his father, Ed McCaffrey, who is now the head coach at Northern Colorado. Oh, nice. Former, Former Bronco great, Ed McCaffrey. Still has Very my nice. favorite block of all time, if that's even possible. If anyone has a favorite block, he, <laughs> you he, would. <laughs> he, I know he blindsided a guy in the Super Bowl um, when they played the Packers, and then stood over him and he like pointed at him. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, my winner for the year, as if there's anyone else, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Rush for 1,206 yards, pass for 3,127 yards, a combined 43 touchdowns, just six interceptions, and two lost fumbles. He was the highest-scoring QB in our league by 90 points. Wow. And was one of only two players to finish with over 400 fantasy points. Um, I think the only thing left to do is for us to just chant, MVP, MVP, (laughs) MVP, MVP. But anyway, Lamar, thank you for everything this season. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, on the flip side of that, our fantasy bus for the year. I don't know. How many did you you pick two? I've got three guys to talk about. <laughs> Hold on. Be- be- before we do that, though, Lamar, you, oh, wanted, yes. uh, you wanted to say something to, to bring me back down to earth, I believe. <laughs> if you have been listening to our show this whole season, you would know that Elias in the early episodes when we were uh, talking about our season predictions, I went back and I listened and I made a note here in quotations that Elias said, I really don't believe in the Lamar Jackson experiment as much as everyone else. (laughs) And then he drafted him. Yeah. He drafted him. He drafted him in all three leagues. And he won two out of three leagues for you which is amazing uh it was luck (laughs) i think that we both thought that he would have good fantasy numbers but i did not think that he was a super bowl guy and you know they went 14 and 2 so they did go 14 and 2 but he still isn't a super bowl guy so you're right about that well the the titans just kind of happened i I don't know. I, I feel like they play that game 10 times and the Titans yeah. lose nine times. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, definitely. Lamar, once again, once again, <laughs> we're going to move on from, from Lamar. I know it's been a lot of Lamar so far, but once again, Lamar, thank you. <laughs> okay, moving on to the fantasy bus now. My first guy, and this pains me because I, I like this guy, and I would have drafted him had I been able to pick sooner. Alvin Kamara. Hmm. So we played in half PPR this year, so all these stats are going to be based off of that. To me, Alvin Kamara was a huge disappointment. He was drafted in the top four in probably every draft out there. If I'd picked third or fourth, I definitely would have taken him, as I said. After finishing last season as the RB4 with 313 points and an average of 20 points per game, this this season he comes in at number 13 among running backs for weeks 1 through 16. He finished with 189 total points with an average of 14 points per game. He had almost 1,600 all-purpose yards and 18 total touchdowns in 2018 compared to this season's 1,300 total yards and only six touchdowns. So not a huge bust, but definitely a disappointment and not what you expect from a top five draft pick. 
Yeah, he he wasn't the same guy. He had some injuries, and then maybe just the duo, his uh, pairing with Mark Ingram was just that that much better. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure, but certainly not what you want in a first round pick. No, it's definitely it's like the Saquon situation though. They both had high ankle sprains. They both yeah. didn't miss a whole lot of time, but probably weren't healthy for most of the year. So that's probably what happened. Hopefully. Speaking of not what you want, uh, my first bust, Odell Beckham. (laughs) (laughs) This is not surprising at all. If Kyla's person to constantly talk crap on is Jameis, mine has been Odell. (laughs) Um, In terms of the final point tally, Odell was the 26th best receiver in our league. I drafted him number 19 overall in the second round. Odell still finished with 74 catches and 1,035 yards and four touchdowns, which with how little he did all season, it's kind of incredible that he still had 1,000 yards. Yeah. Um, Just a very weak season by his standards, and the Browns overall were disappointing. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's my Odell rant. Like, he just, I wouldn't, I don't think I've ever drafted him in any league on any team until this season, so... Yeah. Not a good experience for me. <laughs> Probably won't draft him again next year. Uh no, I won't. No, that was a that was a struggle for you all season. It was really a bad relationship you had with Odell. Do I play Odell? <laughs> Do I not play Odell? <laughs> yeah, it was a bad relationship. It was just, you know, you gotta get out of that, man. Like <laughs> the bad pairings, bad couple. Um, <laughs> uh, my next buzz is uh is a little personal because <laughs> I drafted Jared Goff in the 12th round, and Yahoo told me that that was the steal of my draft for getting him (laughs) in the 12th round. They were wrong. He finished as the QB 15 for weeks 1 through 16, but even that to me is a little skewed because he somehow got his shit together in week 13. It didn't matter, though, because by then he couldn't be trusted. In his first 12 games, he had four games of five points or less. He had an 11-12 touchdown and interception ratio and only three games of more than 300 yards. I dropped this bag of shit like a hot potato when I got the (laughs) chance to acquire Tom Brady, who, as we know, was not much better. So (laughs) that's all I have to say about Jericho. (laughs) Drop this bag of shit. Um, well, I guess I could say, speaking of bags of shit, (laughs) uh, David Johnson is my second bust of the season. Only 345 yards on the ground and two rushing TDs also had injuries and was demoted late in the season. Johnson also put up an all-time fantasy goose egg against the Giants. Yeah. That was an all-timer, like, all of the websites had David Johnson, like, oh, plug him in. He's the, you know, top play in the running of back course, position this yeah. week. And then he was a decoy. Yeah. Didn't he put up a goose egg? Um, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> it's funny that you said bag of shit. I have written down, <laughs> drafting him was really a shit, <laughs> drafting him was really a shit sandwich this season. <laughs> Uh, really a shit sandwich so yeah there you go that was david johnson uh very disappointing if you were unlucky enough to draft him he was pretty much i would say a first round pick in every league oh yeah i don't know bethany in our league drafted him at number five ahead of ezekiel elliott who at the time we didn't know if he was gonna play or not but still and she then, had a really sour experience fantasy wise. She, <laughs> I think she drafted well too. And like all of her, she just had like a large group of guys that just didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, the last bus that I want to mention, and there's really not anything to say, is Antonio Brown because he played in one game all year. So all I have to say is I told you so. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You stated that at the <laughs> beginning of the season, not to draft him, um, and then that's that was perfect. Yeah. Now he is. Uh, he just got re- released from jail on, I believe, one hundred and ten thousand dollars bond. We think so. Yeah. After I don't exactly know what he did this time. It's not worth <laughs> recapping here. 
No, I don't know what it did either. All I saw was that he threw a rock at somebody in a truck. I'm not <laughs> sure. I didn't. It's not even worth like. It's a sad situation, but it's also like this is unbelievable. So I don't even really read the articles anymore. <laughs> no, he needs to get some help. It, it, it yeah. is. It's getting to that point where it's it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, our award show moves on. It is two weeks until the Oscars, so it's pretty perfect <laughs> that we're having the award show. It's award season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to our late bloomers and fantasy playoff heroes. My first one is actually Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, he was a bust this season, but he came through huge in the fantasy championship round. Week 16 against Tennessee, he was back in the volunteer state where he went to college, and he rushed for 80 yards and two touchdowns, and he caught six passes for 30 yards. Produced 26 points in our league, which was his second best game of the year. So if you stuck with him and you had him in there in the championship game, your patience was finally rewarded. Kind of like mm-hmm. Saquon. Yeah. Like he stuck, stuck with him, had a great week. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you had Alvin Kamara, you had him in your championship game. Uh, it's, it, sure. He's not a guy you can put on the bench, especially in that. But speaking of Saquon, though, he is my first playoff hero. Hey, oh. <laughs> As we already kind of talked about him a little bit, calling him a late bloomer to me is an understatement. We know he got injured early on, so I'm sure it affected him a lot throughout the entire season. He missed weeks four to six, and in his first 10 games played, he only had two games of 20-plus half PPR points. Definitely not what you want from a number one or number two overall pick, which is where he mostly went. But when it counted the most in weeks 15 and 16, this guy had his best two games of the year and got 30 and 43 points. So, Thank you, Saquon. (laughs) My second one is Kenyon Drake. In weeks 15 and 16, he had his two best weeks of the season. In week 15, he rushed for 137 yards and four touchdowns. And in 16, he rushed for 166 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he wound up getting 41.1 points and then 33.9 points in those two weeks. Uh, he single-handedly won some fantasy playoff games. And uh, if you're, I assume a lot of people who had him probably had David Johnson at one point, and then they picked up Kenyon Drake. And yeah. if you're lucky enough to have him, awesome for you. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody really saw that coming. He just came out of nowhere these two weeks and just was incredible. Yeah. Uh, my next guy, also another guy you had on your team, Tyler Higby. Once Gerald Everett went down with an injury, Higby came alive. Before week 13, his highest point total was in week one with 10. In weeks 13 through 16, he had at least 100 yards in all four games and one touchdown. His lowest point total was 16, which is great at a position that is so desolate. Yeah, and I had a pre- pretty much my tight end spot was weak all season and he finally solved that the last couple weeks yeah uh some playoff duds the opposite side of the spectrum here my first one is dj moore if you needed to start him in the fantasy title game you wound up being super sorry about that he caught one pass for one yard wow in in, in week 16 (laughs) uh a week to forget in general for the panthers that's the same game that we mentioned earlier they were in Indianapolis and the Colts just crushed them and he yeah, mm-hmm. one pass for one yard. Well, I thought you were gonna say more after that. So I kind of like waited because you said one pass for one yard and I thought there was gonna be more. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's all there is. One pass for one yard. That's all you got. <laughs> My first playoff dud is actually hard for me to say because I love this guy, Amari Cooper. We all know that Dallas had their fair share of issues this season and poor coaching, which is no longer an issue, hopefully. We got a new coach. We'll see how it goes. Um, But who knows what the fuck happened to Amari Cooper? Like, for the most part, he had a really good season. Um, For our league in seasons one through 16, he finished as the overall wide receiver nine. Now, if your playoff started in week 14, that week wasn't bad for him. He got some garbage time points and finished with 17. But in weeks 15 and 16, when you really needed him to come through, he had less than five points both weeks. So very disappointing. What happened to the Cowboys? I don't know. (laughs) 
throw the hell. I have They're no so idea. talented. They're talented across the board, offensively and defensively. There's just no reason they shouldn't have been in the postseason. No, there's not. In my opinion. The second playoff dud, our friend, Captain Kirk Cousins. He'd been rolling along. Um, then three weeks of the fantasy playoffs, he got 15 points or less in each game. Had just three touchdown passes in that span, two picks. And in the fantasy title game, the Vikings played Green Bay. And Cousins looked just really completely inept for the yeah. majority of that game. Finished 16 for 31 with 122 yards. He did just enough for people to believe in him. And then he did. <laughs> <laughs> people plugged him into their lineups. And then everybody was like, oh, that other Kirk is back. Yeah. What's interesting about that, too, like he didn't play well against Green Bay. And then Green Bay, I know they're not the same offenses, but the Vikings in San Francisco, their offenses are really close in scheme, you know, the zone zone blocking game on the ground and all that. And why the Vikings couldn't have ran the ball better. You look what the 49ers just did in the NFC Championship game to Green Bay. Yeah. I guess maybe they're just that much better than Minnesota, but they really, you know, Gary Kubiak and Shanahan, they're it's the same coaching tree and the same offense really. I just don't understand why the Vikings couldn't have done more against Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely should have been able to, but on a, on a happy note for Kirk Cousins, you know, he did let us down in the fantasy playoffs, but he did finally win the big game. Not the big game, but a big game. He won a playoff game. People said he couldn't do it, and he did yeah. it. He Congrats, is a friend Kirk. of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, he is absolutely a friend <laughs> of the podcast. I'm, I'm happy that they won that game, but at the same time, New Orleans at San Fran clearly would have been the much better Yeah. Uh, title game for the NFC. The Packers kind of got lucky because they got to play Seattle and Seattle was kind of on their last leg, it seemed like. So, yeah, yeah, but I agree. still, I think Kirk had a pretty good year overall. Yeah. Um, my next playoff dud, also a little personal, near and dear, near and dear. Uh, James Connor. This is another guy, as I said, on a long list of many who disappointed me this season. I drafted him in the first round at number nine. This guy was my first pick. I got number nine overall, and I didn't get much production all season. Uh, he was riddled with injuries and playing with a second and third string QB all season. When it came to the playoffs, he didn't play in week 14. And week 15, he wasn't totally useless and did manage 13 points. But in week 16, championship week, he left the game with another injury and finished oh. that game with only three points. Womp, womp. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. And I love James Conner. Like, I'm I'm, a, I'm not a Steelers fan. I'm a James Conner fan. He's got a good story. He's oh, overcome sure. a lot. But he really, really was a big disappointment to me this season. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way you started that, you're like, all the, the, the long list of people that, that disappointed me this season. You sounded like... Frank Costanza on Seinfeld <laughs> with the festivals. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Uh, our next category is the guys who fizzled out. Uh, we each have one. Minus Cooper Cup. He did catch a TD in each of the last five weeks of the season, so you can't say he fizzled out too much. But... From the perspective of big games, he definitely did. Between weeks one and eight, he topped 20 points four times. After that, he never topped 20 points. Um, that includes a zero in week 10. Oh. And then two six-point performances prior to him going on that TD streak. Just He seemed like a total fantasy animal to begin the year. And then yeah. it's a good thing he caught those, those token touchdowns in those games and that just... That's the only thing that saved him from just being a total bust the second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in fairness to him, Jared Goff had a really terrible season too, as we already talked about. But True. Yeah. My guy who fizzled out was Tyler Lockett. And I really did try to find someone that was not on my team for this one. But I got tired <laughs> of looking, and Tyler Lockett really did fizzle out at the end of the season. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> 
<laughs> the minute that I talked about on the podcast how consistent he was and how he was like my most reliable guy on my team um, through week nine, things went to shit. In his first nine games, eight of those brought me double-digit points. In the last six weeks of the fantasy season, he managed one game of double-digit half PPR points. Um, one second. In the last six weeks of the fantasy season, he managed one game of double-digit half PPR points, four of less than five, one that was a big fat zero, and one of six points. He let me down more than everyone because he was supposed to be the one that I could count on. (laughs) (laughs) You were supposed to be better than everyone else. (laughs) You were. You were. I believed in you. Uh, okay, so we have two more categories before we go to the games of the year. Uh, fantasy surprises. We each have one, and they're both on the Titans. Yeah. Mine is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he got 10 starts after taking over for Marcus Mariota. He wound up with 20-plus fantasy points in 9 of 10 games, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Finished the season with 22 TDs and only 6 picks. Uh, he was just honestly fantastic. I'm, I hope they give him a shot to be the full-time starter next season. It seemed like he earned it. He was a huge part of why the Titans turned their season around. And for all you Titans fans out there, if you recall, he took over during the Broncos game. The Broncos finally persuaded Vrabel to take <laughs> out Mariota. So if you want to... just saying, the Broncos are really responsible for your whole season, in a way. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Broncos. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a Ryan Tannehill fan. I, I was a little skeptical when they put him in, um, but he really turned the season around. He led him to the AFC Championship, which was amazing. Yeah, and I, I think he's always been he's always been an okay quarterback. I, I just, the Dolphins, when these guys leave the Dolphins <laughs> and all of a sudden become like that much better, it just goes to show how poorly the organization's been. You know, yeah. Kenyon Drake leaves yeah. and all of a sudden... He, He's in Arizona and he's doing good things. It happens all the time. It seems like with guys who are on the Dolphins, it just yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, my guy is AJ Brown. Um, I don't watch a lot of college football, so I'd never even heard this name before this season. He had some up and down games at the beginning of the season, which I would expect from a rookie receiver. But he really started getting hot after the Titans' Week Eleven bye. After 16 weeks, he was the wide receiver 21 for total fantasy points. And after the full 17 weeks finished, he was the wide receiver 15. He averaged 11 fantasy points per game with real-life stats of 1,051 yards and eight touchdowns. Not too shabby, if you ask me. Not too shabby at all. He has a bright future. Yeah. For sure. Um, Our final category, top waiver ad of the year. Um, we both went with a couple different guys here. 49ers RB is my first one, Raheem Mostert. Uh, now that the playoffs have been going on, he's been pretty incredible in the postseason too. Uh, but from week 12 on, he scored a touchdown every week. And for teams that were, were desperate to pick up an RB in the postseason, he was a saving grace. He rushed for 772 yards on the year, and it's a guy who... You know, no one was even thinking about at the beginning of the season at all. Yeah. Uh, You know, looking back at guys who we thought would be good before the season started, you know, on the 49ers, I picked Dante Pettis. (laughs) He he was one of my breakout guys. Uh, That is probably my worst take of the season. And I'm wishing that I had picked Raheem instead. I, I picked Debo. the wrong 49 wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, anybody but, but Pettis. I mean, he pretty much, uh, he didn't even really play. He had like four catches or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Raheem Mostert, fantastic season. Yeah, definitely. He got like 220 yards or something against Green Bay in the NFC Championship, right? Yeah, it was like the second most ever in a playoff game, something like that. Crazy. Or some, at least like second most ever in the NFC Championship game, something like that. He crazy playoffs for him. 
Uh, my first guy for top waiver wire ad is Devontae Parker. Uh, I'm not sure why, but I have an affinity for Devontae Parker. I think I just feel bad because he plays for the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had his best season on a team at that only won five games this season. Once Fitzmagic was reinstated as the Dolphins starter, Parker scored 12-plus points in 8 out of 10 games from Week 7 to Week 16. He even managed 137 yards against the top-ranking Patriots defense in Week 17. He set career highs for the season with 72 receptions for 1,202 yards and 9 touchdowns, so pretty impressive on a really bad team. Yeah, for sure, and and Ryan Fitzpatrick just keeps doing it year after year. <laughs> yeah. Love the beard. Love that guy. Uh, my next one is John Brown, the uh, receiver for the Bills. Uh, we had him on our waiver wire pickup list pretty frequently early on in the, in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 72 catches for 1,060 yards, six touchdowns. He had pretty much the same numbers as Odell Beckham. And I drafted Odell in the second round, and John Brown in our league went undrafted. Uh, so there are there are definitely guys each season that go undrafted, that go under the radar, and you can pick them up, and they can do just as well as the guys that you thought were really going to kill it, and John Brown yeah. is that guy this year. Yeah, I really like John Brown, too, to start the year. I mean, I did pick him up at some point, and then I dropped him. I think Bethany ended up with him for the rest of the season, but he was definitely on a roster yeah. all year, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, my next guy is Darren Waller. I almost forgot about Waller being a waiver wire ad because most people added him before the first game after Antonio Brown got released from the Raiders. But nonetheless, still a waiver ad and one of the best offseason. He was one of three tight ends to eclipse more than 1,000 receiving yards on the season. He finished weeks 1 through 16 as the tight end 5. He ended up being the security blanket for Derek Carr, and he will definitely not be on the waivers come the start of next season. Yeah, for sure. Um, So if it's okay with you, I'd like to skip forward. We can do games of the year here in a second, but I'd like to skip forward to the next topic. Since we were talking about Dante Pettis and that. (laughs) uh, We're going to talk about for a second who we liked at the beginning of the year and just some notes on our predictions and all that and, and how we did. Yeah. Uh, so the players we liked at the beginning of the year, I was essentially one for three. Uh, you, you were are? three for three. I was three for three on players we liked. Uh, you you really kicked ass in our our first couple of pods. Uh, Dolphin Cook was my guy at the beginning of the year. You wound up drafting him. I did. You wound up ninth in the NFL among RBs with one thousand one hundred and thirty five yards rushing, had thirteen TDs, and his numbers would have been a lot better had he not got hurt late in the year. Uh, after this, for me, it got really dicey. My guy, <laughs> we, you know, we pretty much debated early on in the year about my guy, Damian Williams. Uh-huh. He had injuries and had to deal with Shady McCoy, you know, being right on his back, searching for playing time. <laughs> uh, he only got 10 fantasy points in our league five times. Wow. So, I mean, not a, not a great season. Uh, he did, he's done super well in the, in the playoffs, but, uh. Then you have Dante Pettis, as I as I mentioned, wound up catching eleven passes <laughs> all year, all season. Oh my gosh! All season. I think there were some games where he like didn't even see the field. I mean, in fairness, you're not the only person who thought that Dante Pettis was gonna, you know, have a a decent year. I mean, they didn't. Ha- what it seemed like they didn't have anybody besides George Kittle at the start of the season, right? So they right. had to throw to somebody else. So. I don't fault you for picking Dante Pettis. Well, I think it was an okay pick. Like they got to throw it to somebody, and then Debo yeah. Samuel. Nobody knew that he would come. How he did and that, but yeah, Dante Pettis. If you drafted him because of me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm apologizing to all of you out there. Also, Damian Williams. He's also very talented. He did miss a lot of time with injury, which is impossible to predict. So don't be too hard on yourself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my guys that I liked, I did pretty good. Chris Godwin was my first guy. Um, 
I remember saying Tampa Bay could have two 1,000-yard receivers, and that's exactly what they did. He finished yep. as the overall wide receiver two in fantasy scoring on the season. So pretty well. Absolutely. And then my next guy, Hunter Henry, tight end for the Chargers. Despite injury and missing four games, I think he had a good season. He finished with 55 receptions for 652 yards and five touchdowns, and he averaged 10 fantasy points per game. So he did, you know, unfortunately get injured there for a few games, but turned it around, and he was a pretty solid tight end. And then my last guy, Chris Carson, uh, unfortunately, he finished the season on injured reserve, but for the most part, he had a great season. He managed 1,230 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 37 receptions for 266 yards, and two more touchdowns. Um, he was in the top 10 at the position through week 16. If only he could have gotten seven more points. If only. Seven more points in the <laughs> fantasy title game. Uh, but yeah, Carson had a wonderful year. And then you were talking about Henry. The tight end has just been a crazy position all season. There aren't a ton of options. So if you were lucky enough to have him, he had a great year. Yeah. Um, with our players to avoid, I only wrote down, I think the only guy that we didn't do spectacular on was Jarvis Landry. I think yeah. he's the only one that had a remotely good year. Mm-hmm. Who, who else did we have? Um, I had Antonio Brown. Oh. There's really not much <laughs> to say there. Uh, he played in one game, so he was definitely somebody you wanted to avoid at the beginning of the season. Jarvis Landry. Um, I missed the mark here a little bit on this one. I thought he was going to play second fiddle to Odell, but that was wrong. Uh, through weeks through 16 weeks, he finished as a wide receiver 16, while Odell finished at 31. Uh, he had 1,174 yards and six touchdowns. And fun fact, he has never missed a game in his six NFL seasons. That is pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. He got a concussion this season, didn't he? And like he was almost, because I, I remember him on our injuries. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think he, he's still... He, he must not have missed. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, the other guy I had to avoid was Jordan Howard. And I think I would have been wrong about this one had he not gotten injured. He did end up taking over the starting role and had some good games, but he has a, he didn't play after week nine. I don't know if he played in the playoff game, but when I took these notes, he hadn't played since week nine. Uh, I'm not he... sure either, to be yeah. honest. I think my other guy to avoid was Tariq Cohen. Oh, yeah, it was. And and Cohen uh, Cohen did not have a fantastic season. It just didn't, it seemed like after the, the Bears drafted David Montgomery that Cohen was definitely going to play second fiddle, and that's what happened. Um, our sleepers and busts, uh, you picked Michael Gallup. As a sleeper, that was, yes, I did. That was definitely the best pick of the four. And, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> who were the other ones? Uh, my other one was D.D. Westbrook. I'm, I don't know which one yours was. Let me take a quick look and see. Oh, we were we were so high on on him. On D.D. Westbrook, we I were. We were we were high on the Jaguars' passing game in general. And that first the first game, Nick Foles got hurt. I don't know who you picked for sleepers. I didn't write it down here. Yeah, but Michael Gallup was a good one. D.D. Westbrook, not so good. But my bus, I picked Ben Roethlisberger, who, I mean, I have a hard time calling someone a bust if they got injured. So, I mean, call it what you want, but he only appeared in two games. And then right. Todd Gurley, I also picked as a bust, which he wasn't really a bust. Um, he definitely fell off a lot from the 2018 season. Um, he finished number one among running backs last season. But this year, he finished as the RB12 through the first 16 weeks. So, again, not a total bust, but definitely not what you want from Todd Gurley. Right, right. I, I found my other guys. I had Tariq Cohen, Eric Ebron, and A.J. Green. Those As were my three. For, three to for, avoid. Yeah, yeah, for, for bust. And, of course, we didn't know at the time that A.J. Green wasn't going to play the entire season. And uh, I believe Eric Ebron got hurt mm-hmm. when I'm going to IR. So we did pretty well there. Yeah. Uh, any other players you'd like to to talk about until we go to games of the year i think that's it all right well games of the year um <laughs> i guess for the rest of the pod it's going to be mainly just us talking about how awesome the football season was 
Um, I just have a little side note here before we get into this. We put when we were making our notes on our document here that we share, we listed game of the year. And then I like threw out a suggestion and we went with it. But then Elias listed like 10 more games as the honorable <laughs> mention. <laughs> well, I just wanted to talk about how awesome the season was. Uh, I mean, our game of the year by far is 49ers uh 48 Saints 46 was at the Superdome uh George Kittle had what was probably the uh the play of the year when he caught that pass and just dragged Saints defenders all the way down the sideline yeah but yeah I I did mention a ton of games after that (laughs) I didn't take any notes on any of them so we're just gonna wing it here but that San Francisco New Orleans game I thought the Saints were gonna pull that out I still was not a big believer in San Francisco I'm still really not that big of a believer in San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo, which, well, I guess if we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, we'll talk more about that. But um, I thought Drew Brees and the Saints were going to pull that one out, and they just didn't. And that that one go to overtime, didn't it? Or did it not? Uh, no, it didn't go to overtime. It it was real close. Uh, I forget how the Niners got to 48. I think maybe they had a field goal pretty late. But yeah, um, but Drew Brees threw five touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo had four touchdowns. Both guys threw for exactly 349 yards. Oh, wow. Uh, the George Kittle play is definitely the memorable one. Um, but yeah, I can, <laughs> we can start going through some of these other, other <laughs> games just to jog your memory on how great the year was. Yeah. All right, week one, uh, the Ravens were in Miami, 59 to 10. That was the beginning of Lamar's reign. He threw for five touchdowns. Um, I'll just move on to week three. That was the beginning of Danny Dimes, the awesome Giants over Buccaneers game, 32-31. The Bucs missed a field goal right at the end and kind of choked it away. But Danny Dimes had a a scramble that he scored a touchdown on. Yeah. And all the Giants fans were freaking out, like here's the beginning of the new era and all that. It Uh, definitely was because now Eli Manning has announced his retirement, which is kind of (laughs) sad. It is kind of sad, but he had a great career. He did. I've always liked Eli. He's the only reason Tom Brady doesn't have eight eight Super Bowls. So, I mean, you can give Eli the Hall of Fame. You can give him anything, (laughs) whatever you want. Thank you, Eli, for all your contributions. Yeah. Uh, week three, the Chiefs beat Baltimore 33-28. It wound up being only one of two losses the Ravens would have all year. Uh, week four, here's a game to remember. Tampa Bay 55-40 to over the Rams. Oh, yeah. It was pure Jameis insanity. Chris Godwin yes. had 12 catches for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Goff threw for 517 yards and lost. Uh, I we mentioned this on the podcast at the time, but there was a play where uh, and Dominican Sue returned a fumble for 37 yards, and he essentially just like pistol whipped Jared Goff out of the way. Like he picked up the <laughs> ball and just like punched him in the face and knocked him down, and then ran for a touchdown. I remember seeing a clip of that and just being like, "Oh my god!" He would do that. <laughs> like just Goff just got absolutely bowled over. Oh, uh, that's funny. Week seven, you had the Niners winning 9-0 in Washington in a basically a monsoon. Yeah, that was fun to watch. They were all sliding around on the field. Yeah, it was fun, but it was also like the <laughs> ugliest, just a simply yeah. ugliest game of the year. Yeah. Uh, some wild ones. Week nine, Chiefs over Vikings 26-23. Week 10, Tennessee 35 31 over Kansas City. That was, you know, there was a botched field goal at the end of the game. Titans mm-hmm. had a late touchdown. Tannehill to, to Adam Humphreys. Um, seemed like everything broke Tennessee's way, and that's the only reason they won that game. Obviously, the Chiefs got their revenge in the AFC title game. Yeah. Seattle over San Francisco in overtime, 27-24. Now to week 11, the choke of the year. <laughs> the Vikings beat the Broncos 27-23. Denver led 22-0 oh, yeah. at halftime, and then were outscored 27-3. I do remember that. In the second half. Uh, that was extremely disappointing. Yeah. The Broncos' offense was great in that first half, and then they fell off a cliff. 
Yeah. That was that was pre Drew Locke, you know. Drew Locke, they've already named him to the Hall of Fame and done all this stuff. It's it's really crazy. They've already, you know, his his numbers <laughs> retired. He's in the Hall of Fame. And he's, he's only played one year. Like it's, just, it's phenomenal. I, I was gonna say, was that still when uh, Joe Flacco was playing? Uh no, that was post Joe Flacco as well. It was the other Broncos quarterback, and now we don't I'm, even know his name. Brandon but... Allen. Brandon Allen. It, it took me a second. It took me a I second. Can, I couldn't remember either. That's why I was asking. I thought you would know, and I could remember. <laughs> well, and I finally got to go to Mile High this year. Uh, it was the Broncos Browns game, and Brandon Allen was a, the quarterback for that game, uh, and he played pretty well. So yeah, like the last few times I've seen the Broncos in person, now I was able to see them in Florida when they played the Jaguars, and the quarterback was Paxton Lynch. <laughs> so I've seen a Brandon Allen game and a Paxton Lynch game. Oh, uh, and I guess the three games before that, I saw Manning, uh, Tebow, and Kyle Orton in th- three years in a row. So I still <laughs> haven't seen you... the same same quarterback twice. At least you got to see Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's. <laughs> The, the Tebow game, Tebow, uh, I looked up the stats of this before. He went two for eight passing. They they played the Chiefs. He went two for eight passing. Oh but he had one like bomb touchdown to Eric Decker, and that's really all that happened. Lance Ball ran for, like, he ran the ball like 30 times. I, um, I've seen the Broncos twice, I think, since coming out here. I saw them play the Steelers in the playoffs. It was a few years ago. And Manning was the QB. And then before that, I saw... A, Sunday night or Monday night Patriots game, but Manning was her. It was the same year, and Osweiler was. Playing. You were at the overtime game when they played the Patriots in 2015. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! That's one of my favorite <laughs> games ever. C.J. Anderson breaks free late in the game for the, for the TD. Yeah, it was uh, snowing. And then that that Steelers playoff game was the Super Bowl year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, late fumble by the Steelers kind of did him in. Wow, you remember everything. <laughs> That was a Super Bowl season. I mean, I remember the Super Bowl season very, very well. That that's what happens when you win it all. Like you're able to to win these or to, you know, think of these things, and then a season where you lose, it's like, what happened that year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to like, remember. I, I, I just I just put it out of my head. Um, a couple more games we can skip over. A few of these. Uh, I do want to mention this game though. I guess we can mention two games if it's okay with you, both yeah. concerning the Dolphins. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Dolphins and Bengals week 16 was maybe the most insane ending to a football game that I've ever watched. Uh, the Bengals had to get two touchdowns and two two point conversions with like under a minute to go. And somehow they did it and they got the onside kick. The last play of the game, they scored a touchdown and then got the two point conversion. They scored a touchdown on what it was basically a, it was too close to be a hail Mary cause it was from like the 30 or something. But Dalton basically just threw a dart to the end zone and all these guys were standing around, and one of their guys caught it. Wow. And, but the Dolphins were up by like a, a kajillion points. <laughs> and they, they wound up winning in overtime, 38-35. But that game was insane. I didn't um, even watch that game. Now I wish I had because, I mean, you see the Dolphins are playing the Bengals, and you're like, mm, I'm not going to watch that shit. <laughs> well, and, yeah, exactly. And the Bengals got 35 points, and we talked about earlier how how Joe Mixon basically did nothing in fantasy and yeah. the way that season was going, you we would think that Joe Mixon would have had to have done something. Well, Andy Dalton just did it all. It sounds like <laughs> the, the red rifle, <laughs> Andy Dalton. Uh, and then the other dolphins game was week 17. They went into Foxborough and beat new England 27, 24. And that is somehow maybe the most important game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it knocked uh, new England out of getting the first round by, didn't it? Yeah, and then you know the Chiefs didn't have to play the Titans in the first round. The Chiefs then didn't have to host New England, yeah, in the second round. Which all Chiefs fans would have just been like, "Oh my God, I'm so I'm so scared right now." <laughs> so, th- thank you, Miami. Miami gave us a lot of memories this season. There was talk at the beginning of the year that they were the worst team ever, <laughs> and then they because they got destroyed by the Ravens, and uh, I think Brian Flores is actually a pretty good coach and you'd never win coach of the year for only winning five games. But like <laughs> he kept those guys playing so hard and then they go in the last week of the year and crap on new England season. Like, yeah. Thank you, Brian Flores. Like yeah, that game yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, so do you want to revisit our playoff predictions or yes, yes just... we can do playoff predictions real quick. Do you want to, you want to go first? Okay. So my, we did the playoff predictions in an early podcast and my just real quick, my NFC playoffs where my number one seed was the Rams at 14 and two. And then from there I had saints also at 14 and two, which I think they may have finished at 14 and two the regular season. I'm not sure about that, but, um, and then the Cowboys Packers, Eagles, Seahawks, and then my AFC playoffs were the Patriots at the number one seed. And from there, Chiefs, Steelers, Texans, Ravens, and Chargers. My worst prediction, I mean, the Chargers was a pretty bad playoff prediction of how their season played out. But my worst one was that I had the Bills winning only <laughs> one game. <laughs> <laughs> One in 15. The, I think the Bills Mafia is going to come after you now. Uh, no, I had the Bills at 4 and 12, unfortunately. Uh, they came you, out of nowhere. They were they played way better than people thought they were going to play this year. No, absolutely. Uh, you did better than me. I think you had, did you say four, four correct four. teams in mm-hmm. each conference? Mm-hmm. I had three in each conference. Um, my worst pick was the Browns. <laughs> yes, you did have the Browns. I had the Browns as a as a three seed, but that was very, very trendy. Not the <laughs> only person to take the Browns. Um, but yeah, my playoffs were uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, and then the Chargers at Houston, and then I had New England and Kansas City as my teams with the first round bye in the AFC. But I did have Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I did have Kansas so City in the Super Bowl, too. I, yeah. I picked that one well. In the NFC, uh, I had the Eagles as, as my one seed at 13-3. and three. And then New Orleans. You, you mentioned what New Orleans did this season. New Orleans, uh, I believe, New Orleans, San Fran, and then Green Bay were all 13-3. and 13-3, and three, okay. And somehow with the, the tiebreakers, the Saints got put down to the three seed. But uh, my, my Super Bowl was Kansas City versus Philadelphia. So uh-huh. Philadelphia. Did you were wrong. <laughs> hey, one out of two ain't bad. Uh, and my NFC title game was Saints at at Philadelphia. Uh, my biggest thing, I think, aside from the Browns, was the Falcons. I had the Falcons as a wild card, um, and they really did come on at the end of the year, but they just had a disastrous beginning to the season. Yeah, yeah, they did. And a lot like the Eagles, they had a ton of injuries too. But that's they the did. NFL for you. I had the Chiefs as my Super Bowl against either the Saints or the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> With either the Saints or Cowboys winning. So I did not predict that the Chiefs would win, but I did predict that they would make it. So we were both right there. But the Browns were a fucking mess this year with Freddie Kitchens and Odell Beckham and, you know, the players just yelling at the coach on the sideline. That's ridiculous. Well, That's when you so hire crazy. a guy named Freddie Kitchens, I mean, what do you. <laughs> What do you expect? I mean, that's um, fair. <laughs> my my Super Bowl uh, team that I predicted to win is Kansas City, so I could still end up doing pretty well there. Um, but yeah, I had the Vikings, had the Rams, and the the Cowboys as well. But yeah, the Browns were just a total mess. And now looking at the actual Super Bowl, 49ers and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. What uh, wh- what are your thoughts here? Who wins? I think. I think it's going to be a good game. You got San Francisco, who surprised everyone this season with how good they've been. And then you got Kansas City, who has one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. Uh, San Francisco, I think, it obviously, is going to try to run the ball as they've been running it, try to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. Garoppolo threw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Only eight times. It's unfortunate, I was thinking as I was making these notes, that it wasn't nine times because we like to say nine <laughs> times. <laughs> From uh, Fer- Ferris Bueller. He's been absent nine times? Nine <laughs> times. Uh, I cannot imagine that he'll be able to do that again and be able to keep up with the Chiefs offense. The 49ers defense is better than the Chiefs defense, no question. But I do believe that the Chiefs defense is good enough. And... They're peaking at the right time. Since their week 12 bye, they've given up on average approximately 300 yards a game. Um, 
with an average of 220 passing and only 93 rushing. They held Derrick Henry to 69 rushing yards at negative eight receiving yards in the AFC Championship game. That, to me, shows that they do have the capability to stop the run or at least contain it. On the other hand, the 49ers, as I said, big running guys. They like to run the ball. Uh, they've only had <laughs> they've only had four games all season where they had less than 100 rushing yards, and two of those were 98 and 99 yards, so basically 100. Wow. Um, however, they had four games all season where they had more than 300 passing yards. I do think Garoppolo is going to have to make more plays, throw the ball more in order to keep up with the offense of the Chiefs, as I said. Um, Patrick Mahomes has the ability to extend plays and he has so many guys he can throw to and they are fucking fast. You got Tyreek Hill, Miko <laughs> Harmon is just about Tyreek Hill runs down Damian Williams. Every time that poor guy runs in a touchdown, it, I feel bad yeah. for Damian Williams, but, um, <laughs> on top of that, you got Travis Kelsey, who is basically another receiver. Um, I do think Damian Williams is going to have to step up his game here, but even if he doesn't, Mahomes has proven that he can still win, even if the running game doesn't help. So yeah. I think, I know we say defense wins championships, but I'm going to say that Kansas City is going to take it with a good enough defense and a very high-flying offense. So I am rooting for the Chiefs, despite being a Broncos fan. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm from... Uh, the Illinois Missouri border. I went to the University of Missouri. I just have a lot of friends are Chiefs fans, and I feel for them. And I want the Chiefs to win because of that. I want Andy Reid to to have a championship. I just the way that you said it was perfect. I just I think the 49ers will have to rely on Garoppolo at some point, and I don't think that Garoppolo is that great either. But then again, they've been in, you know, we were talking about games of the year. If you really look at like the 10 best games of the year, the 49ers were in like half of them. Yeah. They, they, just, they played close game after close game after close game. And they're going to feel right at home if it's a close game late. And I just think they're nastier than the, than the Chiefs. Like they just ran the fuck over the Packers. <laughs> they did. The they're, Packers they're are definitely, a pretty good defensive team. Yeah, they're definitely more physical than the Chiefs are, so it's going to be rough. I, I Personally, I think George Kittle is the best tight end in football. He's a great blocker. Mm -hmm. there, there have been a lot of clips that I've seen like on Twitter recently of him just like blocking a defensive lineman like 15 yards downfield. Yeah. And just manhandling people. Yeah. But... My honest thought on the Super Bowl is that the 49ers, what they're going to do is like a supercharged version of what the Titans wanted to be. Like you run the ball, you play ball control, you pass when you need to, and you basically take the other offense out of what they want to do because you control the ball so much. Yeah. And I just, I really think the 49ers are going to win, but I want the Chiefs to win. Yeah. We've seen it so many times now where the offensive juggernaut team goes up against a more superior defensive team and that offensive juggernaut does not win the Super Bowl. We've seen that yeah. a million times now, whether it be uh, the 2001 Rams, the twenty, the 2015 Panthers. They yeah. had only lost one game going into that game against the Broncos and the Broncos smoked them. Uh, the, when the Broncos lost to the Seahawks, they were the, the offensive juggernaut team and they got smoked. Yeah, Obviously, I think Mahomes is a better quarterback than probably all those other quarterbacks that, on the teams that I just mentioned. Yeah. We'll see. I think it's going to be a, a really good game, too. I just really think that the 49ers are going to win. But I'm pulling for Kansas City. I, if I just if it comes down to like Pat Mahomes on a last-second drive, I don't see how you can't take Mahomes. Oh, yeah. I don't either. I, I want Kansas City to win. For some reason, I just don't like the 49ers. I don't know what it is. Call me a hater. I just don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> Well, as a Cowboys fan, if you're looking at like NFL history, I can see why you wouldn't like the 49ers. But yeah. uh, John Lynch is a former Bronco, the the GM for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, the son of Mike Shanahan, a legendary Broncos coach. Uh, from where I'm sitting, George Kittle, he went to Iowa. Garoppolo <laughs> went to Eastern Illinois. 
uh, I got a lot of reasons to like the the 49ers, honestly, but just I don't I don't want them to win the Super Bowl. The 49ers are one of those organizations that is a national brand, much like the yeah. Cowboys and Steelers. Uh, now the uh, Patriots, the Packers, and most of the time I don't root for those teams. But we love the Cowboys now. <laughs> you love the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> you love the Cowboys. I do not. Uh, so go Chiefs. It should be fun. And, you know, enjoy your Super Bowl parties out, out there. Have yeah, fun. It's been, a, it's been a pretty fucking fun season. It has been a fun season. And unfortunately, I guess that's going to do it for the 2019 season. Yeah. We, uh, we hope you guys had a good year. Hopefully you won your fantasy leagues. We hope you liked our show. And if you did, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. Be sure and follow us there to see updates and to find out when we will be back for next yeah. season. We are Thanks. we are planning to be back. Yep. We are planning to be back next season. And hopefully, you know, if we did anything to help you win your league, hopefully you come back too. Yeah. I had a ton of fun. Me Thanks too. for doing the pod with me. And uh, it's it's just been a ton of fun. And come back next year. We're going to do better. I will not predict Dante <laughs> Pettis having a good season. I, I won't do it. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. And I guess we'll see you next season. Yep. Thank you. See ya.